0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your
2: team every day.
1: Hey guys, before we jump into today's show, it's a Ferg Friday, Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joins us, and also former Auburn Tiger Tyrone Truesdale joins us. But some news broke since recording that, stop me if you've heard that before, I I love the offseason, I really do, especially with the transfer portal, it makes it a lot more interesting Because there's a ton of stories out there. But one thing we do not discuss, even though we do talk about the defensive front, is uh, Thursday afternoon, Romelo Height, one of my favorite younger players on this roster, has put his name into the transfer portal. And obviously, very tall, not just because of his last name, but he's got a great frame, has a good first step. He just hasn't really seen much of an opportunity to play yet. And I think a lot of folks, myself included, thought we would possibly see him in the starting lineup going into 2022. But Derek Hall and Leota, we do have this conversation with Jay Ferg in a little bit. But those two guys come back. And I kind of wonder if Derek Hall's decision to do this has anything to do with that. Also, uh, Justin Hokusen with AuburnLive.com, his story um, about Height entering the portal says that there is a chance that he could return to Auburn. You can put your name in the portal and look around and then go back to the school, assuming they'll still have you. So just keep that in mind. I'm not putting a ton of stock into it, but if Hoke is saying it, there is some truth to it. So I I think that's worth noting. But best of luck to Romello Height wherever he goes. I think he can be a really, really talented player. And if he wants to go to a situation where he will play more in 2022... I can say with confidence that he should be able to find that because I think he could be a really, really good player. Hate it's not going to be at Auburn unless maybe he comes back. Also, just a a quick note, looks like A-Day is April 9th. So Auburn put out a graphic on socials of important dates over the summer. A lot of them are camps and stuff, but A-Day, April 9th. So there you go. That'll be fun. Maybe. The few weeks leading up to it will be more fun. So we we have all that to talk about. So, all right, Jay Ferg, coming up. Well, Zach, I I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm,
0: and I am freaking ready to rock and roll.
1: You are Locked on
0: Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host Zach Blackby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. Justin, there's a lot of hype going around with this Auburn basketball team right now, so I want to open up today's show. Simple, true or false? Auburn basketball, perhaps the best team in the country.
0: I'm leaning towards true. Um, I still think Baylor on their day might be better than Auburn. I like their bounce a little bit more, a little bit more experience yeah. uh, coming off that national championship season. But, I mean, Auburn's playing better basketball right now. Um, and they have the best resume in college basketball. They are, I think, one of the deepest contenders, maybe the deepest contender in the country. And there's only a very few teams in college basketball that can say they have an elite offense and an elite defense, and Auburn's one of them. Mm -hmm. um so they got to take care of business on Saturday against Ole Miss but I mean I I think there's a really good chance that if they win and they win convincingly you could see Auburn be number one in the country next next week for the first time in school history Uh, I do wonder though how many people are going to be kind of keep Gonzaga ahead this is the part of the season though when Gonzaga usually gets a little bit lower uh in in terms of um what voters feel about them because they're about to run through the West Coast, right? Uh, and so they're, you know, their big marquee games are pretty much done.
1: Yeah, they don't play anybody again until the tournament. That's just no, that's yeah. just how it is, right? Right? Yep. Right? The I was talking with the locked on Ole Miss host. We were just kind of chit chatting yesterday, and he's like, "Look, Auburn is a way better team than Ole Miss, but there's always something about this game. we like, Ole Miss yep. basketball." Has been able to beat Bruce Pearl. I mean, this is mm-hmm. this game tomorrow has a lot of the makings of a potential trap game for the Tigers.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's one of the biggest possible trap games if you if you buy into that that definition, right? That there is just because of what's at stake, right? Like I said, if you win, chance that you could be number one in the country for the first time ever. Really mm-hmm. good chance you're going to be number two at the very minimum. Um, and Ole Miss is in, is Ole Miss is a team that. They've lost the teams they've lost to this season for the most part have been pretty good, um, but they're in a, they're in a bit of a rut right now. Uh, they just lost their leading scorer for uh, maybe the next two months. Uh, they might try to get him back by the end of the season. Yes. Um, they've had another big injury that's that's affected them this year. They're coming off a game against Texas A and M where they couldn't score and then they look pretty soft on defense. And they're not a great offensive team this season, especially with some of the weapons they have out. But they play really good defense. I think on paper, this game is very similar to what Auburn got at South Carolina. And we saw in that game, South Carolina did something they didn't do all, hadn't done all year, which is hit the three um, and, and hit some contested shots really, really well. That's going to be kind of the same thing. You're in the pavilion. You're in, uh, you know, hostile territory. Um, and, and Ole Miss is going to be more familiar shooting in that environment. So, yeah, it is, it is a trap game. And, and I I – subscribe to the belief that in sec play especially on the road you get these wins by any means necessary you win by one or 20 or 50 really doesn't matter you just got to get the win and keep keep it moving just because of the depth and of this league and like you said you know kermit davis has had more success against bruce pearl than pretty much any other coach in college basketball um on a a regular basis and this dates back to to before the auburn Ole miss uh era for these two guys um it it is kind of like It is kind of like Gus being the guy to trip up uh, Nick Saban as often as he did compared to everybody else and compared his own record compared to everybody else.
1: Right, yeah. So this is definitely not a gimme game as Auburn travels there. Didn't realize Oxford was three hours from Birmingham. I just, Mm -hmm. that just didn't, that still doesn't really make sense in my brain, but we'll see. I mean, there's been so much talk about this fan base traveling so well, especially, you know, with, with Bruce making a big deal about it in Tuscaloosa, but you may see a lot of Auburn folks in Oxford and I've never been to Oxford, but it sounds like it's a great place to go and visit and spend a weekend. So we may see some, uh, we may see a lot of Auburn folks out there
0: supposed to snow this weekend in Oxford. So if you're going, uh, keep, keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be really, really cold and, and they get some of that snow that's blowing in from the Midwest. Um, yeah, this, this is a really good trip for Auburn fans, especially if you are, Living in Birmingham or living West Alabama, or if you live, you know, obviously much closer to to Mississippi and yeah. West Tennessee, like you, you, this is a really good time to go down. It's a whole lot cheaper to go to an Auburn road game than it is to a Auburn, Auburn home game this year. I mean, that's just to kind of just the facts of it. And yeah, the um, uh, Ole Miss is a fun time. A uh, lot of great places to eat, and like the Pavilion was built, uh, their new arena was built kind of like with Auburn Arena in mind. Like it is very similar in kind of the mm-hmm. the structure. Um, and so it is. A, it is a nice, newer venue in SEC basketball.
1: Right. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But it's just been incredible to see this team. I mean, the storylines going into the season. Jay Ferg and and you and I talked about it. You guys talked about it over the Auburn Observer a ton. But yeah, it's like okay, give this team some time to gel and come together. Like they may lose a few games that they're not supposed to. That has mm-hmm. not happened yet at no. all. And no. Like, is there any part of you are like, okay, it's coming. Or is that part of the growth of this team, the development of this team? Is that behind us already?
0: Yeah, I, I think there's just, there are games that they're going to lose probably. And like right now they're projected on Kempom and other places to go 15 and three in the SEC, which yep. is enough to win the league by two games. Um, right. That's an insane record. And so it's like the way Auburn's playing right now. I you hear me say, yeah, they probably are projected to lose three games from around. And it's like that sounds like a lot because of how what they've done. But like, no, that is an, an insanely good record. Um, I, I think I think there's a there's a lot about this team that it still is in the growing phase. Right, mm-hmm. this is not a team that has played a ton together as a, as a um as a lineup. And I had especially a question, with Flanagan um, at, coming back. Right, exactly. Yeah. I, I had uh, I had a question in my mailbag last week about, like, is this team peaking too early? I was like, I don't think they've peaked because we have not <laughs> seen them at full strength yet. We haven't seen them at full strength. And they're still doing some things like still trying to figure out uh, half-court offense a little bit and executing in that, even though they did an excellent job, especially in the second half against Florida of, of taking care of business. This has been a great defensive team from beginning to end this season. Right. But, yeah, they're still, they're still trying to work some things out. Uh, but the depth and the balance that they've got is that you know, not everybody's got to be in concert with one another, and everybody's not going to be like playing their best basketball for them to win games, right? I think at Alabama is a good example. Nobody had a bad game, but some guys stepped up more than others, and of course, Kessler being in foul trouble opened the door for Dylan Carwell to have a big night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't think this team is peaking yet because I think this team is continuing to grow. I think they just had a talent level and a depth level that few teams in college basketball can match, right. so they are already ahead of the curve compared to pretty much everybody in the country, save for the Baylors and the Dukes and the Gonzagas and, and you know, uh, other teams like that across college basketball.
1: Right, yeah. The, the dynamic that I think Bruce Pearl is best at, and he's good at so many different elements of being a head coach and leading a program, but consistently his teams at Auburn peak at the end of the season. Right. I mean, even yep. with, you know, like his first year when they beat LSU in the tournament, the SEC tournament, or obviously the final four run, they peaked late. Even with Okoro's year before COVID canceled everything. They, um,
0: they, were, they, were,
1: they were hot right They were, the were hot going into the SEC tournament. And, yeah, I kind of feel it with this team. Last year, I think, you know, you can just scratch off with, you know, yeah. not counting. But, you know, this year, I kind of get the same thing. I mean, there's so many sloppy things that happen, like, Weird passes below the basket in the Alabama game and still just wasted possessions and, you know, just people making, you know, silly, ill-advised passes. And you're going to get part of that with the way Bruce Pearl wants to play basketball. And it's a bunch of amateur basketball players playing. Sure,
0: <laughs> like, right. That's the other thing, yeah.
1: But there's just so much to clean up. And then obviously free throws. I don't fully understand why they're struggling from the charity stripe as much as they are. But, um, yeah. you know, you clean up those things just a little bit and Auburn blows teams out of the water.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and if they're not in foul trouble as much against against Alabama, you know, Bama doesn't even have a chance to come back into that right. game, right? And those are things you can't fully control. You can't fully control the way games are efficient. Like, Walker Kessler, up until this week, had been the premier shot blocker in college basketball, and he had done, I mean, better than pretty much any disruptive defender in the country at avoiding fouls. He had so many blocks right. and steals without getting fouled, and now he's fouled out in back-to-back games. That is just inconsistent officiating and you've got to adjust to that and you've got to do better with that. But even still they've been able to overcome those things. Um, You know, you talk about free throws, you know, you have uh, away from home, Jabari missing, going over two on a, on a trip, KD going over two on a trip, but then down the stretch, Alan Flanagan knocks the bottom out of four of them. Right. You know, one of, like just ice cold free throws to, to, to win the game. So you know they they have an ability to kind of work themselves out of these of these things and they they finish really really well in games i think that's kind of the defining characteristic we've seen it in all four sec wins there have been runs and then auburn finishes well now this alabama one was the closest anybody's come to knocking them off mm-hmm. but i mean it was so surprising to me think about it this team is still learning how to play with one another at full strength they're on the road and Alabama's the team that looks like they have no idea what they're doing on offense in the final minutes. Yeah, not Auburn, and, and so that that says a lot about the way this team is is built and this way the way that uh, Bruce Pearl and his staff have been coaching them up. They have a ton of confidence at the end of the games, and that's not confidence that is necessarily automatic. Even if you're as as talented as this roster is,
1: right? No, there's a lot to like, no question about it. Hey, want to tell you just real quick about this awesome free app? It's called Get Upside. Um, you can save money every time you fill up at the pump. Just download the GetUpside app. It's free in your phone's app store. Use promo code SCORE, and you can save up to 50 cents per gallon on your first fill up, and then after that, 25 cents cash back every time you fill up at the pump. And so there are folks using this app that drive a ton, and they're getting two or $300 back a month. There's no cap on this. Uh, by just using this free Get Upside app, and you can see the, the the cash in your account in the app, and you can move it to your bank account. You can move it to your PayPal. You can deposit and get e-gift cards from popular stores and, and, and websites. So download it today. Uh, just search Upside in your phone's app store and use that promo code SCORE. Also, today's show brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the best place on the interwebs to uh, to gamble and to you know make your predictions, put the money where your mouth is, with any kind of sport, they even have things outside of sports if that is interesting to you. So use promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit. You'll get a free 50% bonus on that deposit. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. It is a Ferg Friday. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer, our guest, as he is every Friday. What, uh, what are folks missing out on if they are not subscribed to the Auburn Observer?
0: whole lot of basketball right now yeah. uh, and, and some football. We're keeping track of all the um, moving parts with the roster and the and guys coming back and the transfers and, and all that with on the football side. But yeah, it's a lot of basketball. The mailbag came out today, pretty much almost exclusively basketball questions, which is pretty fun at this time of year. So if you want to dive deeper with Auburn Hoops right now, um, go, come to the Observer uh, with or postgame observations. Um uh, Film rooms breakdowns of a lot of uh, a lot of details of, of this team because you know they are at a point right now where they look like one of the best in college basketball and uh, I think Auburn fans um, there there may be some newer Auburn basketball fans out there some folks that might not be as familiar or as comfortable right. with the, with the game um, you know we're we're trying we're trying to teach and uh, and 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 give you a lot of insight on the on the X's and O's and the stats uh, at the Observer
1: sure absolutely all right let's pivot to football and in just mm-hmm. a moment. Um, I will sit down and chat with Tyrone Truesdale, which is a bit random. Former Auburn Tiger, transferred to Florida this past season. Surprisingly interesting conversation. So stick around um, for that. He had some some cool and interesting things to to say. But Jay Ferg yesterday on the show with the news of Ecu Lyota coming back, which I don't know if he needed an announcement, but I'm glad he did it, and I'm glad he did it like I, right here, when the here, Auburn so basketball a, game started.
0: <laughs> so here, here's my thing: if you are draft eligible and um and you could leave or and you say you come back like i, I want every player to do that because like the the amount of support and the amount of love that you get from the fan base mm-hmm. and you that's got to feel so good and it's like yeah. even though you're not a clear-cut end of like i it, i'm all for it man like just go ahead and hammer it home and it's it's easy pr for the football program as well sure i think they're being staggered out for a reason i think the fact that they didn't all have a big rush at the beginning It also helps us, keeps us with more stuff to talk about and write about. That's true. Time as well. That's true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Instead of uh, putting them all in one day, it's like, no, give me a week to talk about this guy coming back first. Yeah. That's a good point.
0: So, so like, when I saw Eku making the announcement to come back, it's like, heck yeah, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. He had an awesome year. And, like, you know, let let some Auburn fans show him some love because I think he's going to be a key part of what they do next season.
1: Right. Right. I just I wish he didn't do it right when the Auburn Alabama basketball game started. It's like man, you would have got so much more attention if you just waited right. till in the morning.
0: <laughs> so. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. But yeah, it's um it, it, there's a lot of dudes coming back right now and it, yeah. it's 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 funny because you know there was a rush I think from some folks when Auburn had those guys enter the portal early and some other transfers and you know you have the big moves like the Bo and and then what happened with Kobe Hudson and it's like if there, you so can natural. hit the panic button if, if 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 you can't. You can hit the panic button if you're not feeling confident. Um, and it's really easy to do that. But the number of guys who are coming back on both sides of the ball right now, I think, you know, I don't know how this is all going to work out in 2022. There's a lot of work Auburn has to has to get done in order to be a team like they want to be, like right. this program wants to be. There's a lot of work to be done, but I think it is very telling that I mean there are guys coming back, and um, you know they are buying into what Brian Hartson and his staff are selling. And that says a lot because these players are with these guys more than anybody else. They have a better read and a better feel of what's really going down than us, than any other fan, right. than any other media member.
1: No, you're, you're right about that. You're absolutely right about that. So uh, I'm with you though. Eku got better as the season went on. I think people forget, yeah. even though he was the first guy to like commit to Auburn through the transfer portal, he, he wasn't a part of spring, and so he was kind yep. of you know drinking through the fire hose, as they say, um, and catching up. Uh, you know when, when fall camp started, and you usually see players like that get better as the season goes on because they haven't yeah. been around as long, which is what happened. He, but uh,
0: he he was leading in sacks until the Iron Bowl, and then Derek's Derek's big day passed him. Right. He was he was Auburn's kind of go to guy there early.
1: But I made the take yesterday that with the return of. Eku and and Hall, mm-hmm. Auburn could have one of the best pass rushing tandems in the conference in twenty twenty two. Oh yeah. Oh, Especially yeah. with I, the support I, I, of like what they're gonna get on the inside, with you yeah. know, the attention that that Kobe Wooden takes up and the attention of maybe a guy like Jason Jones or Marquise Burks, whoever's gonna be that bigger guy on the inside. You Marcus can't, Harris. Yeah, yeah. You can't Mark, double anybody. And so all of those yeah. guys move pretty well. And mm-hmm. I think that's um I think it's really going to benefit Auburn on the defensive edge.
0: Yeah. I wrote about it earlier this week at the observer, but this Auburn defensive front averaged more sacks per game than any other Auburn offensive line since all since going or defensive line since 2009. And I'm throwing the edge rushers and the line in together. As you basically not inside linebackers, not defensive backs. If you add up the sacks from the guys that are the dedicated rushers, um, you go all the way back to 2009 where the, the the really detailed stats are kept. um, The, the Nick Fairley year, the 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 D Ford year, the Jeff Holland year, wow. the, the Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown years, they didn't average as many sacks as a game as a unit as this one did because there's just so many different pieces. Pretty much everybody's coming back. You lose T D Moultrie, you lose uh, you lose a couple other guys, but like this team is uh, this unit is deep. And I've said it before, but, but the way to overcome some rebuilding things on the linebacker and in the secondary is have a really good defensive front and they're also really good at stopping the run, but football, we saw it in the national championship game as well. The, 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 the more you can get after a quarterback and affect the passing game uh, by committing just only four guys and then dropping seven, like you can do so much with that, Uh, especially if you're in a scheme like Derek Mason's where they mix and match and move things around so much. So um, you know, there's, a, like I said, a lot of work to be done for Auburn to be a really good team in 2022, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But a defense that can win up front, that usually that's usually the key to success in the SEC.
1: It's crucial. It's absolutely crucial. And I, I like that you said that with it's going to help the these young defensive backs or these, you know, new defensive backs coming in. Obviously, a pass mm-hmm. rush helps. But, yeah, I mean, even when Auburn had really good defenses, elite defenses under Kevin Steele, there was still all this talk of like, okay, they're really good, but like they're not turning it over, and they're not getting sacks. They're just forcing three and out after three and out. But like, and then we would always kind of curb the conversation of, okay, well, the defensive line, the pass rush is impacting the play. They're just not yes. getting the sack, but they actually mm-hmm. got home a, a bit more this past season. So no, I think it's good that you uh, you pointed that out. That's that's important. Yeah. Pressure
0: rate's really really important, but sack rate is as well because it's the best way to pressure a quarter uh, a play is to just end it right there. And yeah, you can't throw it, it if the
1: play is over. Right.
0: Yeah, you're losing yards. Um, and so it's it was a really good it was a really good year for Auburn's defensive front. Um, I would expect that to continue. Interested to see what Auburn does in terms of their defensive line coach. Uh, but I thought Burt Watts did a, a great job with his outside linebackers this year. Sure. And I think I think that those. Whoever the next guy is, Nick Easton did a really good job working in tandem. That is a group that did a lot of mixing and matching and, and, and a lot of uh, moving around. And so I would expect Auburn to kind of go back to that same formula, go back to the same blueprint year two, more experience. You could expect some good things out of that front next year.
1: Justin Ferguson, if folks want to sign up for the Auburn observer, how can they do that? Uh, auburnobserver.com. type in your email.
0: It'll give you instructions, uh, $6 a month or $60 a year, gets you access to everything we got going on. So mailbags film rooms everything written wise uh, we do that uh, behind the paywall and we do a premium podcast uh, we went uh, long on our one this week about the uh, the Auburn basketball game against right. Alabama and uh, we'll have stuff over the weekend if you want to uh, if you want to see the dispatch from Oxford and and the podcast from that uh, auburnobserver.com sign up there
1: Cool. Awesome. That is Justin Ferguson joining us as he does every week for Ferg Friday. Hey, today's show brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the planet. All the bars very high in protein, very low in calories, very low in sugar, uh, but covered in pure, delicious chocolate. So be sure to check out all of what they have going on at Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That is at Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off Built.com. And joining us now for a few minutes, Tyrone Truesdale, defensive lineman, former Auburn Tiger, former Florida Gator, now uh, working out for folks uh, on NFL front offices with the College Gridiron Showcase this week. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Good, man. Good deal. Well, uh, pleasure to chat with you for, uh, for a few minutes. So what are kind of some things that you're working on with your game? How are workouts going as you kind of prep for this next level?
2: Uh, right now? Uh everything been going good. Um I've been training just uh right now just uh focusing on uh trying to lose some lose a few pounds really? and trim up some and focus on like uh combine stuff, like uh stuff I do like for my pro day and stuff. Gotcha. Just to get me ready.
1: How many uh how many routes of two twenty five you think you're gonna be able to get up?
2: Uh see, that's why I, I can't wait to do I bet so I. just uh right now, uh without the technique and stuff, I can probably get it at least twenty eight times. Oh man. Uh, but right now I'm working on the uh fundamentals, getting that down, packing and stuff, and really I, I, I should once I get that down I should be able to do it at least 35, 40,
1: 40. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. No, you're, you've always been a strong player. There's no question about it. Yeah, I would imagine showing off strength and then um, short quickness and short bursts would be kind of the, the biggest things that you want to show, right? You know, that 10-yard that shuttle, maybe like a three-cone, just to show that you can kind of get off and, and move with power. Is that kind of, is that kind of like your, your
2: biggest things? Uh, yes, yes. That's uh, my biggest attributes that I want to uh, show. Show the people let people see uh, the quickness and the speed. Uh, what separates me from a lot of guys, and just try to really just go out, go out and really just get some uh, good, put some good stuff out there.
1: Yeah, for sure, good measurables and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. As far as uh, as far as scheme and how you use it, Florida and and you know your, your role at Auburn as well. How do you think that specifically helps you? At the next level.
2: Uh, at the next level, uh, you can repeat that question for me.
1: Just, just you know, how you were used in in the scheme of two different defenses and two different programs. Um, does does that help you as far as you know preparing for the next level?
2: Uh, it, it actually does, cause yeah. what what it shows is uh, can can you adapt to the environment that you're in? Can you right. be be the guy that if they need you to do this, even though you haven't done it and you used to something else, can you come in and pick up this scheme? Uh, so I feel as though one thing that teams are going to realize is I can come in, I can learn, learn what they want me to do and execute it exactly how they want me to execute it. Uh, I showed it, uh, just, coming in into Florida uh, the way I did the way I stayed in the uh, in the film room and uh, studying the plays, the the way I was able to pick up on everything uh, with so much little time uh, it really showed uh, what I'm capable of
1: so as a defensive lineman when you're watching film what specifically are you looking at I know that's probably an open-ended question but are you looking specifically at you know, what guards do in certain situations or okay. I'm, you know, if, if
2: when, when I'm looking at it, I, I, I start off with, I work my way from the center and then go out. Okay. So I go off the center since he, the first person who touches the ball. I'm, I, I'm watching him. I want to see, do he give off any uh, signs of like where the ball going, how he
1: tendencies uh, type stuff. Yeah.
2: yeah. Once I, and then I go from, like, if it's teams that he um, played, how he did against uh, other, other guys that lined up in front of him. And from that point, I just go from inside and just work my way out uh, to the guards, then to the tackles. Uh, and then after that, I go to the quarterback and running back, see how they set up and stuff. And then I even go to the point where uh, looking at the uh, wide receivers and the tight ends. Really? And, okay. Yeah, just uh, because the more that you look at film and the more you study uh, all 11 guys, the better you are. The more you can pick up, the uh, better student you are to the game.
1: Is there a team that gave you, I don't want to say more trouble than others, but you had to put more time into as far as preparation while you were in the SEC, one that kind of stands above the others?
2: Uh, one that uh that uh that I have always played uh every year that actually made me really feel as though uh like you really have to catch on to some of their uh tendencies, you have to probably look at a lot more is uh Alabama Mm -hmm. just because like fundamentally they are sound, right? It's hard to find them little things that can show show what they do because they got like the some great players who of course uh they don't really uh have like little tendencies that they do you just have to really go out there and play them right but can find some then like you like it it can benefit you in a lot of ways no question yeah like those are the only Like they probably like the only team where I really have to really focus and lock, lock in to uh, guess what they're doing. Mm
1: -hmm. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And they win a lot and that's, that's definitely why. So um, a lot of athletes right now, I think I read the other day, it's like over 1200 players currently are in the transfer portal. You went through that process a year ago. What exactly goes through your mind once you enter the portal and say, hey, okay, other teams, other coaches, I'm available. How quick do folks start reaching out to you? How quick does all this process kind of get going?
2: Well, it it depends on, like, when I did it, I kind of went out on the, on the whim of just going off of, uh, like, it's got to be, like, me being who I am. Somebody's going to take me. Uh, yeah. Yeah like everybody has their own reasons for putting their name out there for different reasons. Uh, but the one thing that I can say is, uh, when you, once most people who put their name out there, nine times out of 10, they already got an idea of somewhere where they could end up. Like nobody's putting their name out there without having some type of idea of some type of college to go to like it, it's always a plan to and before I put my name in that I had to come up with a plan uh for my first thing was once I did it I just started uh reaching out to some of my coaches back home like my high school coaches and stuff like you just because you basically go back through the recruiting process right. and you do and now you have to do what you did to uh when you was in high school now that's what you got to do uh as far as finding a uh another place to call home
1: so uh, so how long were you in the portal before Florida reached out
2: um i think like a day or two
1: okay cuz you made your decision pretty quick if i remember correctly
2: yeah so with me uh when i did it uh like i it's basically like i said i had like a plan in mind with it uh it kind of weighed on me a lot before i did it Mm -hmm. uh but i i made sure that i had a plan in mind uh and when i did it i didn't know that florida was gonna be one of the schools i actually didn't think i would have got in the sec school because it was so late in the year right I wasn't even looking at uh, SEC school, but when I uh, when it started, uh, they reached out to me, a few other schools, and uh, some schools in the Pac-12, and it ultimately came down to Florida or Oregon where I would have ended up at.
1: Okay, interesting. Um, during your your short stint, um, playing for Harson. Coach Harson at Auburn. How big of a difference was it playing for him, or I guess practicing for him versus the the previous regime playing for uh, for Gus?
2: Uh, I mean, the only difference uh, that I say because I mean they both kind of have like the same philosophy: uh, work hard and uh, always uh, being a, a student uh student of the game and also uh having uh morals as far as uh going to class being on time the thing right like those are some of the things they both have in common mm-hmm. and it was just like honestly it, it it really felt like it was the same like i ain't i ain't really noticed too much of a difference other than yeah. uh like of course, uh it's new coaches, new it's uh new relationships you have to build. Right. Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. Well, Tyrone, hey man, really appreciate your time. Means a ton. Thank you for everything you did at Auburn and of course uh cheering you on uh as you work towards uh this next step and, and hopefully hopefully you catch some eyes at the College Gridiron Showcase, man. And uh like I said, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you so much for Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. Thank you so much for uh, former Auburn Tiger Tyrone Truesdale for stopping by the show for a few minutes. Really appreciate both of those guys. We'll be back on Monday to recap the weekend. Right here on Locked On Auburn.
0: Hey, Prime members.